Would you turn with me to uh, Isaiah 35, and let's look at a few verses there before we go to the New Testament. We're talking about the holy highway, sort of the theme that we're, uh, the highway of holiness, rather. Holiness is a really tough subject to deal with, I've found, and it's not very popular either. For some reason, it gives people idea, you know, got to work, for, get holy enough, or God will save us and love us. Actually, it's just the opposite. God saved us when we were sinners, <laughs> enemies. He saved us, though, to be holy. The essence of salvation is holiness. And oh my goodness, how much we need that. I'm convinced we'd be a lot better off if we spent more time trying to assess our own soul's relationship with God personally, dealing with fellowship with Him, holiness even, than we would about politics or policy or any other aspect of life. In fact, until we get God right in our lives, nothing else actually will be. I think we're seeing the fruit of that in what we're seeing in our world today in so many ways. I do thank you, though, for praying for me. I really need that. And I'm like you when I deal with holiness. And I guess if we do it sincerely and genuinely, what happens is we see our unholiness. We see how far short we've come. It's almost discouraging. It really is. That's why I've always said that Christianity is a dangerous. It's dangerous. Because there's a battle going on all the time. Spiritual warfare. And if you think you won't ever get out of that in this life, we're not. But let, let's don't be afraid of it. Because there's great, great rewards. Trusting God, believing Him. He will give us courage. Psalm, uh, Isaiah rather, 35 is, is a place in Scripture that seems like I, I hung over when I was dealing with uh, this subject a while back, and I think it sort of sets the context or a theme for messages on holiness. Um, last week, we tried to deal with divine holiness, that God is holy. That means He's completely right in everything He does. Uh, he is light. He is holy. Uh, when we really understand that and bless that God is holy and embrace that, and what that really means is when we face situations in life that we don't understand, that disappoint us, that uh, turn our world upside down, we know that because God is sovereign, it has to come through Him, and because God is holy, then it must be right. In other words, He has a plan and purpose for it. And that always is for our good. And our ultimate good is our holiness. So then we ought to assess, don't you think, that when God is dealing with in our lives in His providence, that when things happen, what's dealing with is, is bringing the good out of it is our holiness. Unfortunately, I think sometimes we think, well, you know, that is getting it the way I want it. You know, we say when God answers our prayer, well, you know, God blessed me. He heard my prayer. The truth is, when we're holy, He hears our prayer all the time. Sometimes His answer, though, is not in co coinciding with what we we have a desire for. Well, in Isaiah 35, which really is, is sort of prophecy of the return of Israel and the Jews, I believe that, but I believe it also has a great message for God's people. 
It's a situation we noted last week where it was very dark times. And all of a sudden in Isaiah 35, there's hope. There was, there was darkness and a wilderness. And seems like things weren't going to work out. But then comes God and he builds a way. He builds a highway. And it's called the highway of holiness. Now God names that road highway of holiness. And it's there. And I pray that God would help us. I believe it's most applicable to the times we're in, frankly. Verse 8 says of Isaiah 35, And a highway shall be there. Where? That's right in the wilderness. I want you to understand what God can do. He can build a highway in the wilderness. He can build a way for your life and mine in a place that we seemed would see it's most unlikely. God says that He can prepare a table in the wilderness, and He did that. God always provides for us. Jesus is that way. Jesus is the holiness, and he's the way, the truth, and the life. He says, and the highway shall be there. And we have a highway here in God's holiness. And a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And there's not but one way. (laughs) And it's God's way, and it's a holy way. We don't have to wonder about what road to take or let's go this way. No, God says it's a highway and it's a prominent road. It's not something we have to, well, you know, maybe this is what God is the way. No, it's, it's a highway. It's not a little rabbit trail or a deer trail in the woods. It is a highway, a prominent road. And it says the unclean shall not pass over it. Now, wait a minute. There's something here uh, that is uh, got to take place. That, that means there's a cleansing. Cleansing got to happen. That's what happens with holiness. And, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. See, holiness is not about Education is not. The most simple redeemed believer can find the holy highway. You don't have to know all about theology. You don't have to be schooled in all the doctrine. It is simply in a childlike faith, trusting God, believing Him, trusting Jesus for our holiness and for guiding us and directing us in all our life. It's not about profession. It's not about going to church. It's not about hearing preaching. The Jews had all that. Judas Iscariot had probably the highest calling profession there ever was. He was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Was he holy? No. Balaam was, was a man that, that God spoke to in so many ways, but, but he longed to de- die the death of the righteous. That was his longing. See, holiness is, is, is what happens when Jesus Christ comes into our lives and, and we trust him and we, we are redeemed by his grace and he gives us his spirit. And so then we have a, an agreement with our 
ourselves. He changes our principles so that his become ours. So when we have a longing, we have a desire to have fellowship with him. And so here's where the hurt comes in sometimes. We are still dealing with lingering sin. Sin is so powerful that it has roots in us, and so then we have to struggle. And so we have to continually fight this battle. And sometimes we want to give up. But God has called us to be holy. In fact, I've called my message this morning, Determined Holiness. What determined means is that you have going to make up your mind that you're going to do something and you're going to do it whether anybody else does it or not and you're not going to let anybody or anything or any way hinder that. That's exactly how we need to approach holiness. We need to make up our mind today how we're going to live the rest of our life. Are you ready? You see, it's kind of like this. You don't just do it once. We've got to do it every morning when we get up. This is a scenic highway, this highway of holiness. And the benefit is that we see God. You know, we've seen a lot of things in our world last year and so far this year that we didn't ever want to see. But the deal is we need to be wanting to see God. Don't, I, know, I know the scripture says no man can see God and live, but every believer can see God. We see God. We see God in creation. You know, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, that's what makes life so interesting that we see God. We can see God in His providence. We can see God in what He's doing right now in our nation, in the churches, in our families, in your life personally. And what you're dealing with that is you're seeing that God is making you holy. Because that's what he saved you to do. And we can be sure of this. Philippians 1, 6 says, He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So this highway of holiness is the way. I pray that God would bless us to be determined to walk therein. Now let's look at some of the the aspects of holiness that really can confuse us sometimes. For example, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, and I want you to look at verse 14 with me. Hebrews 12, verse 14. What I'd like to try to do this morning in the few minutes we have together regarding determined holiness is look at four points. Number one, the call of holiness. Number two, the crisis of holiness, number three, the course of holiness, and number four, the the, um, cause, the cause of holiness. Well, Hebrews 12, verse 14, listen. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Okay, so let's think about that a minute. What does that mean? Does that mean that our holiness, or let me say it like this, our salvation is dependent upon our holiness? No, that's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. None of us are holy. <laughs> no, not one. 
I mean, the Bible says that, that all our good works, the best of us, the best of our works are just like filthy rags. The Bible says clearly in Romans 3 that, that by the deeds of the law shall no person be justified. So, so it's, it's not a matter of, of God saying, well, you know, you won't see God if you're not holy enough. See, this is a determined holiness. So there's difference in justification and sanctification. And every Christian, every genuine Christian will deal with justification and sanctification. You cannot separate them. See, what happens in justification, it's where God, it's an event that God does to us that he justifies us freely by his grace because he gave his only begotten son to take our place on the cross to pay every one of our sin, every debt. It's completely paid. And so we don't ever get more justified. I want you to know you'll never be more forgiven than you are right now. You hear me? That's how God deals with it. That's how pure the gospel is. That's how powerful the blood of Christ is. But on the other hand, sanctification is a process. It's a process whereby we become more aware of our need of Jesus. And when you come more aware of your need of Jesus, He supplies your need. For when grace chooses you, grace also instructs you. So we see what God does for us in sanctification, for sanctification is nothing more or less than holiness. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, Jesus Christ is our holiness. He is our sanctification. It says that. That's what Jesus is. So what God does, you see, when he justifies us, he doesn't leave us there. To just live any way we want. What he does with that, and this is so powerful, he gives us his spirit. He gives us new principles. He gives us a desire to be holy. I imagine everybody in this room or everybody listening everywhere, if you're a genuine believer, you want to be holy. You want to be more holy. Because sometimes, you know, holiness, we don't always feel it at one time. It is kind of a growth. You know, we grow in grace. And so we grow in holiness. And yes, it's kind of an ebb and flow. It is, but, but we need to grow in holiness. I mean, aren't you, aren't you more aware of some things spiritually than you were several years ago? I know, I know as I get older, I'm more aware of, of my sins than I've ever been before. I mean, I've said this before, I don't understand it, but when I study holiness and the sanctifying power of holiness, I see my sins as I've never seen them before, and yet I feel closer to God than I've ever felt before. Now you tell me where that comes from. It comes from understanding that when you pursue holiness and you're determined that you're going to agree with God in your life, and you're going to use God's principles to guide your life, that you will see God, 
You will feel God. Your experience, His guidance to you. It's not going to make you, a, make you a super saint or make you start preaching or speaking in tongues. It's going to make you humble. It's going to make you want to love people and love God. It's going to make you want to be, promote everybody else above yourself. It will get you where you don't need your rights all the time. We see how weak we are. See, it's a call, this call to holiness, and that's what this verse is talking about, God's call. Follow peace with all men and holiness. When Jesus says to his disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. See, that's the road of highway. That's the holy highway that we follow Jesus in our way. Look at Hebrews 10, chapter 10. Let me show you this verses. Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written, to do thy will, O God. That's Jesus. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second by the which we are all we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That word sanctified means set apart. That's what holy means. I want you to see the correlation there. Look at verse 14, chapter 10 still. And by one offering, he, that is Jesus, hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So, what I'm trying to tell you, I want you to understand with me, that the holiness that we have in Christ, that He took our place, that His imputed righteousness, His active work, in other words, living upon this world, in this earth, from heaven He came, and He lived a sinless life, and He took His righteousness, His holiness, according to Romans 5, 19 or so, and He gave that to us. He became our righteousness. He took our sins. So we have His holiness. So, then by His passive work on the cross, He died for our sins. He suffered. Why? Because He was doing the Father's will. And what a blessing that is to us. Because God saw that as being acceptable in our sight. And now, in Ephesians 1, 4, that because of what Christ has done, we are blameless, made accepted in the beloved, and blameless. So when you think about holiness, a lot of us will have the gig about saying, well, what have I done in my life? And I see this ugly sin that rises up. Satan is the greatest accuser. You know what? He knows what holiness will do. 
He knows the power of a man or a woman that is dedicated, determined to pursue holiness. He knows what they will do to his kingdom. He knows that a humble, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Satan knows that. So he's going to accuse us and he's going to make us think that we're not holy, but we are because of Christ. And we must believe that. Trust Christ for your holiness. Okay? That's why we need to make up right now, make up our mind how we're going to live the rest of our life. Because we don't know how long we got to live. And it makes a difference how we live. Because that has a lot to deal with how we die. So may the Lord bless us to see that. So Jesus then took our place. He is our holiness. So then, what are you talking about, preacher, when you're talking about pursuing holiness, falling peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see God? Well, that is a determined striving after holiness. That is a process. What that means is, as I understand it, that is a practice. Our position is completely holy in Christ, just as if we never sinned. I know that's hard to believe, but believe that from Christ. That's how much God loves you. And God, because of that position that we have in Him, see, when we're saved, God has saved us so that we would have fellowship with Him. Don't you see how critical that is? Your fellowship with God makes so that you have fellowship and that you can get along with everybody else in life. It does. But here's the deal. We have to deal with that indwelling sin until we get to heaven. And so as we do that, there's a struggle. We have to fight to practice our position. And that's what he's talking about. That's a practicing, that sanctification, a process that we grow. In other words, there's different levels of that. There's not in justification or forgiveness. There's not. There is in sanctification. So God has called us, look at Titus, look at Titus with me. In the second chapter, there's some verses there I want to make sure we understand the call that God has given us to be holy. Titus chapter 2 is where I'd want to go. In verse 14, I believe is that verse. Well, let's look at uh, verse 11, Titus 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's what God's called us to do. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, according to 1 Peter 3, verse 18, brought us or died, paid our sin debt to bring us to God. So what are we going to do when he brings us to God? We're going to have to have holiness to maintain that fellowship with God. And you know what? We need to cry out to Jesus now, Lord, I need to be more aware of my need of holiness than ever before. 
If you have little children, parents, you need to be aware that you need to teach them about holiness. That is what bringing up your children in the nurture and the admonition of God is about. Why does God want us to do that? So that He can save us? No. (laughs) I mean, you see, this is a, a, a consequence of salvation. Not in order to be saved. We don't have to get holy enough to be saved, but because we are. You know what? It really boils down to this. We ought to love God so much when we really come to understand. You're talking about a scenic view on this holy highway? Man, you think about what what it took to make God has made you holy. God has forgiven you of your sins, every one of them. Now, I'm going to tell you, that means a lot to me. Maybe I've just sinned more than anybody in here, but I'm going to tell you what, it makes a difference. It's not about just missing hell either. It's about having fellowship with God. It's about acknowledging, oh God, thank you so much for redeeming me and giving me this way, this holy way. Man, when I think about people like you that God has put me with to be on this highway of holiness, thank you, God, that you've allowed me to see such the privilege of this way of holiness. You see, It's a desire that God gives you, this holiness. It's what Hebrews 12, 14 is talking about. You ever been out on the creek or river? You're fishing for those red breasts, and you caught one, and it's a pretty good one. But you're kind of around the bushes maybe, and you're not in a real good place to deal. You get him off the hook, and you just lay him down over there. You're going to string him up later. You want to get it baited again because they're biting, okay? And so that, what's that fish doing? That fish is flopping around it. You know why? It's out of his element. That fish never going to be happy on that land. And lots of time that fish is so determined, now you listen to me, so determined to get back in that water, it's going to make it. I've lost some pretty good fish. I had to go back and tell people how big that was. It got away. I want you to know that that's how it is with holiness for a genuine believer. Yeah, you can get yourself in a mess. Satan is good at tripping us up. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He steals. He, he breaks in and all that. But what I'm going to tell you, be determined. God has given you an element to live your life in, and it's holiness. And when we get out of that element and we start living in a worldly way, and we start diminishing what God has called us to do as a family, as parents, as children, as a nation, what we're going to see is a lot of chaos. What we're going to see is a lot of riots. May God help us to see that and bless Him in it. So there's a call. God has called us. And you know what? Secondly, there's a crisis. God always brings us to a crisis to find the determined holiness. And you know what? Repentance will do it. You know what it means to get to that point of repentance? You see, repentance is something we can't do on our own. God's got to give that to us. It's a gift of God. I mean, if we really get sorry for our sins and we bow down to God, we're not ashamed of what people think. We're going to say, I'm going to bow to you, God. I'm going to serve you. It takes a crisis to get there. You see, this thing about holiness, here's the crisis. If you're honest with me, and I'm honest with you, I'm going to tell you, I don't feel so holy. 
I feel pretty unworthy. There's a struggle. It's a crisis. It's a warfare. I mean, that's why, that's why being a preacher, I, I don't know, it just kind of makes me sick sometimes the way I am. You know why? Because I know preachers ought to be holy, and I know I'm not. You know, that's why don't they ever call me reverend. You can call me Randy, you can call me Mule, anything you want to call me, don't call me reverend, because the Bible says holy and reverend is his name, God's name. And yet, at the same time, the struggle is, what a great blessing is God give us preachers and the Word of God. As much as I'd like to put it away somewhere, I can't do it. Because why? Because that working out of holiness in my life. Because, see, God has told us that we're to work out the salvation that He's given us. Because it's Him that worketh in us to will and to do of His good pleasure. And I can promise you that His pleasure is holiness. You can please God in your efforts. Sometimes you might not feel like you're holy. Did not Jesus say in Matthew 25 when He was calling the sheep and the goats and He was separating them. You know what? He's separating them based on holiness. Their life. And you remember some of them said, Lord, when did we see you sick and come and help you? When did we see you in jail and come and visit you? And Jesus said, inasmuch as you did to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. I'd be willing to say that most of you in here have done so many holy things for God, you don't even realize it. And I'm going to say something else. I would say most of you on this, in this room and in this listen are on the holy highway. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to believers, I believe that. That's what the Word of God is too. I got to tell you what, it's very, very critical, ladies and gentlemen, that we stay on this whole way of, highway of holiness. I can remember in my high school days and even after, I'd be in the woods at night hunting, and I'd be by myself, and I'd get lost. You say, well, that, that, that's not so bad. It's pretty bad. You're a young guy in the river swamp, lost. And then you know what? I still remember this. I told somebody this the other day. I remember many nights I'd be out there lost. I didn't know which way it was going. And I'd start listening. And I can remember hearing the highway. I remember hearing I-16. You can hear that a long way off. You can hear a highway. You know why? That's important for you. You live for God. You know what, you know what God told Abraham? Abraham said, Lord, why are you going to destroy Sodom? You know why God's going to destroy Sodom? There was no holiness there. Well, Abraham said, what about 50? If I can find 50 righteous, if I can find 50 holy people, God will unite. And Gabriel said, yeah, God said 50. What about 40? What about 30? You see what he's doing? He's going on down to 10. Just 10. You know why it's important for you and me? You might think you're a remnant, but I'm going to tell you, God has multitudes that are on this holy highway. You know, when he got to 10, he just walked off. Oh, it's so critical is to embrace God's laws and His ways. It takes a crisis to do that. And then there's a course. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, hey, I mentioned a, a crisis. You know what? I was thinking the other day, Apostle Paul in Romans 7 said, Oh, wretched man that I am. 
Now here's a man that's been saved by God's grace. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this bondage? I thank God for Jesus. He is your holiness. That's what I want you to know. But that same apostle, later on in Philippians, from a jail cell, said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, what he's saying is, he's determined. Though he understands he's the least of all saints and the greatest of all sinners, he says, I'm going to be determined. I'm going to press toward the mark of the high calling of the Lord. You know what that mark is? Holiness. That's what it is. But he's got to be determined. You know, I think about being determined so important. Whatever you do. We didn't, we didn't come to salvation from a halfway Savior. You know, the hope is God's making us holy right now. I think, I think really, in, in a way, if you're going to look at some aspects and see view of this pandemic, I think it's given us a platform to be more holy than we've ever been before. It's taken away some of the activities of life. I'm not saying they're bad either. But I'm going to say this, that we need to redeem this time. And we say, God, this is used me. Help me to be holy, to search my heart. I ask you again today, are you holy? I mean, don't you see the, the, the necessary? Do you want to see God in your life? And do you want other people to see God in you? You know, I, I was thinking, I don't know why I did. I've, I've used this before, but some of you that's been in this church a little while, you remember Brother Alvin McClendon? You remember Brother Alvin? I don't know why. I hadn't been in a church very long when Brother Alvin passed away. But you know what? I got the, I got the idea, just a little bit of exposure to that man, that he, he was pursuing holiness in every aspect of his life. And you know what? When I did his funeral, I, I, I don't know why I thought this morning about this, in Psalms 15, that's what I used for my text for his service. And here's what it said. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. This is a determined person pursuing holiness. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. Now is this a righteousness that earns heaven? No, no. What it is, it's a holiness that reveals the miracle of regeneration of the new birth. See, that's what pursuing holiness is about. It teaches us and shows us a witness. It makes us vessels fit for the Master's use. Okay? I mentioned prayer a while ago. David said in Psalm 68, he says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now you think about that prayer. You see the the necessity for us. Don't you think we need to pray 
Don't you think we need to, to have fellowship with God in that prayer? And you know, the next verse, David said, but he's heard my prayer. What happened? God cleansed him. He cleansed him, and, and David had repented of his sin, and God heard his prayer. But as long as we keep that in, whether it's bitterness or envious or lust or whatever it is, I'll tell you what, it should shake us really up. Thank God can hear our prayer. That's why we need to be holy. We need to practice holy. We need to work on our holiness. I believe among everything else, that's the first thing we need to do. And God has given us grace to do it. And he's working on our holiness right now. Did you know what he says in Hebrews 12? Listen to this. Sometimes God chastens us. Why does he do that? Listen to what he does. Verse 10 of Hebrews 12, after he deals with holiness, God doing it to the people he loves. He says in verse 10, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he, that is God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. That's why God chastens us. See, God wants us to be holy so we can have fellowship with him. Not because he's going to see that we're going to do exactly what he wants to do all the time. We ought to. We can please God. We don't have to do something big. I'll tell you what, if you've got children or grandchildren, i got some been around my house, a little one-year-old, two-year-old. I mean, I mean, little Jackson, pick up a little book and come walk across the room with him. Book, book. I mean, I mean, Emory Grace and other grandchildren, they'll go out and pick a little flower. They'll bring something home from school. They just painted their palm on a different colors. I mean, it might not be all in line, but what does that do to you? It pleases you, doesn't it? Why are they doing that? Because they love you. See, that's what God is calling us. God has called us. You know what? You can please God because he, we have been given His Spirit. We have been redeemed. We have this highway. There's a cause. There's a cause to holiness. I think we already get that. Jesus said in Matthew 7, let me just read it right quick. Not everyone, Jesus said, in verse 21, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name hath cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. May the Lord bless us to pursue holiness, to be determined that I'm going to work on my holiness. You know, we can work on everything else. Timothy's letter said, bodily exercise profits a little. You may go down to the gym every day. I think it would be a good thing to do. 
But he does say, after that, in that same verse, but godliness is not only profitable in this life, but also in a life to come. Work on it. Don't be discouraged. Esther, Queen Esther, was called into the kingdom for such a time as this. You know what happened before she went to the king? Holiness. She says, I'm going to fast. And she called upon her maids to fast and pray for her. And she says, I'll go before the king, and if I perish, I perish. But I'm not going without trying to be holy. And don't you be discouraged about this highway God has given in this wilderness. Because God says, and we see in the Bible so many places where, where God says they build the wall, Nehemiah did, when they had the problems. We can't wait for them to go away. We have to look at this old past. See, sin for what it really is. Trust God for what He's really done for us and made us righteous and pure. And then practice that position that God would have us in. May the Lord help us and bless us. Thank you for being holy, Brother Chris.